Once again, from the Garden View Studios in historic Albany, New York, I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. Last week, in part one of this very special two-part Thanksgiving season special, we brought you a whole conversation about the bird, turkeys in nature, turkeys we eat, the turkey in the Thanksgiving Day Parade from Macy's, and this time around, we're going to continue talking turkey with your favorite t crew, or at least some of us, uh, but uh, a little less literal now. Joining me for a more figurative conversation about turkey from the Stick and Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne Bread Salad Lundholm. <laughs> Bobby, it seems like so long since we've spoken. It's been so many minutes. You need to say hola. Bobby, because you're in Mexico right now. Yeah, it's true. I'm in Cancun. I should be appropriating accordingly, shouldn't I? I thought about bringing all this stuff, but I just didn't want to carry the microphone and all that to Cancun. It's like you, but... don't, even, it's like you don't even watch Great British Bake Off. Come on. <laughs> I'm peeling an avocado with a paring knife right now. <laughs> in the middle-aged Mamish studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary, the banana pudding bomb butler that's it you got it that's right you got it that was perfect uh so uh, uh we're gonna do some small talk um some more mailbag uh which will sound familiar because it's some more from last week then we're gonna do some medium talk the figurative side of our two-part turkey talk spectacular then we'll do some she recommends and how you can get involved with the show and as mentioned uh we just finished recording the episode you heard last week about four minutes before we started this one. And the we didn't even get up from our seats. The only thing we did was had a discussion about the Magnum PI reboot that no one should hear. Are you sure? Uh, I thought there was some pretty good content in there. Well, if we need to draw a third episode out of this arc, then maybe we'll do a we'll do what they do at the end of Below Deck and we'll just do a whole episode of the the cutting room floor scenes. Yes. Things yeah. we couldn't show you, except we're showing you now. <laughs> so thank the, you for oh, the, us. the Patreon model. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for part two of our, our Turkey Spectacular. Um, we're recording this a little early, obviously, week and a half early, uh, so that uh, we can avoid Thanksgiving conflicts. And so who knows what could have happened in the world between oh now God. and when this is being heard. Uh, the Republicans just took the House. Thunder snow has struck Buffalo. Um, Thanksgiving is coming on. There's probably a new COVID variant. Who knows? So mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, hold tight. Hopefully you're with us. And uh, uh, Meredith has probably lost more power. Or... <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <sighs> or somehow has been peeing off the back of a deck that her current house doesn't even have. I don't know. I know. Like, what other systems at her house can go wrong? Oh, because she's had sewer issues. She's had... Uh, that water stuff. She had electricity. I mean, f- f- earthquake foundation something. You're welcome, <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> Detroit, earthquake capital of the world. Uh, starting with a little bit of small talk, um, Hillary, uh, you played yourself. I did. Um, well, okay. As far as my in house the, in goes. the movie of your life <laughs> i would you know i would like i'm sorry we, i'm gonna play myself have we done that as a question like who would play you in the in the movie of your life i mean mine would have to be busy phillips even though i don't think she's a very good actress but we look well i mean alike. you can sacrifice look alike for acting style like i want a real method actor to take over me i want somebody to like really dive into my mannerisms and Oh, I just assumed it would be Robert De Niro because he's named Bobby. Bobby, right? Yeah. And I I have been told by a very kind person that I look like Brooke Shields once. And and she's a tall. She is a tall. She's a true tall. Yep. So she she can play me. Um, I've been told I look like a variety of different people. It's just because I'm like a generic blonde person. So it's like. Busy Phillips, um, Elizabeth Berkeley, you know, showgirls. Oh, and, uh, I would never have come up with that, but I guess I can see it. Her face sort of looks similar to mine, though she's also kind of tall, so we don't like look yeah. like stature wise. The one that's the weirdest, somebody told me I look like Debbie Mazar, <laughs> which I was like, oh. okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> she has very dark hair and she's extremely Italian looking, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's the nose, but I, uh, maybe it's maybe it's your aura. Yes, 
Yes. I, I'm thinking about it for a moment here, and I think that person was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, you I'm struggling funny. to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought that was very odd. I would say probably... I think every person who is sort of bubbly and a little bit silly, if if you ask them, oh, who would play you? And they're like roughly my age, they would always say Drew Barrymore. That would always be oh. the person that would that would play. That and was going to be, be played by Phil Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be okay. Be he okay could play Dave. That. Yeah, he can play Dave. He can be Dave. Oh, uh, you wish he was Dave. Yeah, I know. God, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave is not that <laughs> jovial. Um Anyway, yes, I played myself. No. Okay, so as we know, my house struggles in that my child flooded my upstairs carpet with poop mm-hmm. water a couple of My mom ago. loved this story, by the way. She told me. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, I mean, not that she loved that it happened to you. She was like, that was terrible. Oh, that was <laughs> but she awful. really enjoyed listening to you talk about it. <laughs> well, everything is repaired except the carpet. Um, and, you know, insurance is paying out. But I was a little bit like... When I was all pissed about it, and they wanted to just patch up where we had to remove the carpet, which is not I mean, actually no, and no. I was like, no, I don't know. I want new carpet all. No, the that's ridiculous. That's, you you can't like cut a hole in the carpet and put no. a new. No, and this carpet is from the like when the house was built. My house is so 1993. It is from 1993. We have had children. We've had a dog. It doesn't need to stay. We need new carpet. So we're getting new carpet. Yay. We're getting Berber, which I told the kids it's not a soft, but it looks a lot nicer and, you know, it'll be great. Well, the thing I hate the most is moving and I don't like to move ever. I really, I am, I am no Bobby. I don't enjoy, I don't. I'm like, I no, no, stay. no, don't, don't you dare. I don't <laughs> like it. I really, and yet you continue to do it. Uh, because yes. I hate myself. I know. <laughs> I will stay in a place that sucks because I really, really, really don't want to move. And I essentially have to move. I mean, we, uh, we just had to pack and we, and I, things went away that I didn't want them to go away that are in a storage unit now. And, our house is. Cha- I just don't like living in chaos. I really like to have yeah. a place to go home to that I know is going to be a certain way. And I can I'm appreciate not even that. that picky. I just need a place that's comfortable that I'll I can lie on with my sound machine and my tissues and <laughs> my mouth guard and my TV. I want it all there. And, and they're not here. <laughs> they're not and here. It, and it, it really does. And I kind of stomp around like a little brat because things aren't exactly how I want them to be. And because I wanted a whole new carpet. A whole new world upstairs. I'm going to have to live in chaos for a little bit. Now, the packing out part is okay. It's mostly done. They come tomorrow to replace it. I don't usually go to work on Fridays. I usually work from home. I am going to the office tomorrow because I either have to be in full control or no control. So I'm choosing no control in this, which probably will end up not doing great, but that's okay. Um, so it should be done tomorrow, but then we have to unpack. I'm really trying to turn this into a positive though. It's, I'm going to be pissed by Saturday afternoon in that, especially with the kids stuff, like books, not, I'm not like throwing, but like giving away like golden books. Like we don't really need those anymore. Our kids are, though they try to read them. Like I read tonight and it's like, nurse nancy or you know whatever some like 50s golden book that we have (laughs) but like we need to give away those there's loads of stuffed animals there's clothes that need to get rid we just need to do it and i just need to buckle down and get it done and i know by the time i get it done it'll i'll be so happy but i just need to muscle through this little bit and then it'll be okay i mean the the end result is always very satisfying but the process of accomplishing it is disgusting i hate it i hate it and then trying to figure out organizational strategies in the very beginning and i get really overwhelmed and when i get overwhelmed i shut down and then i go take a nap and then i'm stressed when i wake up because it's not done and i was meant to be a rich person that didn't have to do any of these like plebeian things but i am not that person yet so i have to do them and I'm picky, too. So this is my problem. I don't want to do them. But then I'm pissed when they're not done right. So th- this is the quandary I am in. <sighs> yeah. It's th- what a what a tough life. You lead. I, I, leave, I lead a tough <laughs> life. I really, I really respect Meredith and I. That sounds like condescending. But I truly, like, 
can't deal with lots of construction and chaos. This is why we haven't done our bathroom because yeah. I, I, I can't deal with it. Like I get barely stressed out about it. And it's like harboring from a time when we had like no money. So I feel like anything bad that happens is like, yeah. that's it. Yep. That's yep. it. Uh, you know, now we're going, we can't make our mortgage. We're going to have to go like live with my parents or something. <laughs> Don't worry. We're not doing that. Mom, dad, that's not happening. <laughs> no, um, I, I totally understand what you mean because I feel like I'm so much more anxious than I used to be. In yeah. my life. Yeah. And it's so strange that it comes at a time when I finally have the financial resources to be yeah. able to deal with something when it happens. I know. Exactly. It's so weird. It's like this, I don't know, just entrenched feeling occurs. And you're like, why is this coming up? We could cover this times, uh, you know, a, a few amount. And yeah. I still can't. I just still freak out. Like, the, the money's oh no. going to run out. Yep. This is a disaster. Everything's going to fall apart now. Well, yep. and then if you stop to think about it, you're like, no, no, no. But it's but the feeling comes from such so much of a deeper a place yeah, God. than your rational brain. Yes. Anyway, so, you know, once Thanksgiving is done and <laughs> I'll be good. It'll be good. I'll be good. I'm just projecting out. It's like when I was in college, I remember being like, my senior year is thinking in 24 hours, I'll be done. Just in 24 hours, I'll be done and it'll be okay. I just have to grind it out for 24 more hours and I can do mm-hmm. that. I can do it. I've done but things. It's, it's like labor. It's yes. coming whether you want it or no, not. No. <laughs> no, God. Can't get out of it now. <laughs> you done did it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's it. I played myself and. I would play myself in a movie. You know, I've always wanted to be an actress. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Well, I mean, in some ways, he, you are. <laughs> what about Nellie Olson? Could Nellie Olson play you? Oh, What's God. her name? I don't know, mm. but I did like. Well, I like Nellie because, like Dave says, I don't like middle class like shows about middle class people, and Nellie was a, <laughs> was blonde and rich. <laughs> She's a rich bitch. <laughs> I always liked her. Uh, it was like in Punky Brewster. There was the Margot, I think was her name. I always liked Margot. She was blonde and she was rich. Um, all right. You know, it's so good to finally find a blonde role model on TV shows. <laughs> this dearth of the California blondes out there. Where are they? Yeah, I did always like Kelly on 90210. I mean, obviously. Of course you did. Of course you did. Of course. You like an alpha bitch. (laughs) I do. I really, really do. Though I did like Betty. Well, it's because she was blonde. I was racist towards brunettes because... um, (laughs) Racist towards (laughs) brunettes. (laughs) I didn't like Snow White. I didn't like... No, I like Betty. I didn't like Veronica. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, all right. I like Crystal, not Alexis on <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're moving that was on. not the show topic for <laughs> Part 2. Um, Missy can lean in. I used to make her always play Snow White because I was like, well, she has brown short hair like you do. And that was like, a ne- that was definitely like, I was being mean. Um, okay. We're going, we're dipping back into our Facebook Answers of the Week, part two of what popular dessert do you despise? We are checking back in with Amy. And this is really an affront to my parents because these are like their favorite things in the world. Those disgusting sugar cookies with the frosting that people apparently love and bring home from Kroger. The texture of kinetic sand and flavor of beige. <laughs> now, I mean, the that- speculation, she's talking about Loft House, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. And I, I understand Loft House cookies are empty of everything. Yes. That being said, I can eat a clamshell of them. Oh, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. Oh, they just melt in your mouth. They taste so good. <laughs> they taste so good. They but are do like, they? But no, do they? They probably don't. But like, I, I like the texture. I can see how... The, and she's not wrong. They are like kinetic sand. <laughs> they really are. But I like the feeling of kinetic sand as well. So, but they know. they go down real easy. Mm-hmm. They really, Bobby. Do. I'm not up. saying anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> they taste like what you want them to taste like because they're a blank palette for your imagination. Yep. Yeah. Now that's a very poetic way to put it. I yes. like it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Andrea says German chocolate cake because I hate coconut flakes. 
Listen, I'm surprised we didn't get into coconut before this. Yeah. Because that's a very divisive it is. Uh, ingredient. It really texturally causes problems for yes. people. Yeah, I don't mind the flavor of coconut, but the texture does gross me out. So I have a coconut evolution thing. I hate coconut. I've always hated coconut. Uh, and it is mostly a texture thing. However, I think I'm softening on that. Oh. Um, we had Halloween candy in the house, despite no trick-or-treaters, just in case. And so I would find myself reaching into the pumpkin head for, you know, a fun-sized candy bar. And some of them were Almond Joy. And I would eat half, you know, bite one of these little Almond Joys in half and sort of stare at it as I was eating it. And every time I would think to myself, I don't hate that. That's not as bad as I remember. And then I would eat it. And a couple of days later, I would reach in and take another Almond Joy <laughs> and do the same thing over again until I realized I just ate an entire, you know, pile of Almond Joys. How can I mm-hmm. hate something if I'm going to keep doing that? Yeah. Well. I'm very confused. Um, I don't know. I don't like German chocolate cake either. When we were, when I was in elementary school, we had the, like the higher carnival, higher was the name the school that I, the elementary school I went to and they had this thing a cakewalk which now I think about it I'm like yes these, these moms like would make cakes I'm sure some of them bought them but you would go and you would do a cakewalk when if you landed on the thing then you would get a cake and I I mean this is this is gambling for Anne right know, here it was, it was great <laughs> the we idea play, of winning a cake <laughs> we'd play it over and over again but I feel like I always got German chocolate cake which like, again I would eat but I'm like this isn't my favorite I, I, I wanted the like you know, Heinz, like I wanted some deviled chocolate cake or whatever. I wanted, right. I always wanted chocolate. That was what I wanted and not mm. with coconuts, but I would take it. And I would but German it. chocolate cake is a chocolate cake, Hillary. It I is. I just don't love the, I don't, I don't. And I have softened a, b- a bit on it, but I don't love the coconut flakes. And I let's be honest. She also hates Germans. I do. I do. <laughs> hey, listen, I am. I did tell Roy he is of German. Am my, I my, half of my Half of me is German, and he is he is a German extraction. He was like, mm, I don't care. I prefer the Irish. <laughs> okay, now let's just be clear: the German is not uh, in, in German chocolate cake. Refers to Samuel German. Yes. Oh, I guess. It's, yes. It's, it's no, not German. Not German. No, no, I, no, I no. understand that. Yeah, okay. right. it's it's not a Black Forest ghetto. <laughs> it just. <laughs> It was funnier when I was making my joke. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you couldn't tell it was a joke. But I, insisted, a joke. I insisted on baking accuracy. Well, I knew part of the joke. But um, but anyway, I do make a good German chocolate cake, if well, I, I do say so. And and the other thing... Um, something with Steve Canada, by the way, for <laughs> names that we... Um, but after Christy told me to make Tom Douglas's coconut cream pie... Mm-hmm. That pie is a life changer. Oh my really? god, it's so good. It's amazing. A- amazing isn't enough of a word to describe mm-hmm. how good that pie is. So, all right. All right. I'll believe it. I'll believe it. Okay. Andrea, we have a dual Andreas. They're different Andreas. Made me so happy and they were like they commented right next to each other. Andrea says apple pie. Huh. I mean, okay. Yeah. I know people that don't like cooked fruit yeah conversely my mom hates apples but she likes apple pie hmm. i don't know i think she likes the. i don't think she likes the christmas i don't know jane says toss up bread pudding or tapioca but maybe they're not popular desserts no i, I, I mean i feel like I, maybe they were more popular like in the mid, mid-century yeah I, century. I think tapioca mm-hmm. is definitely out but bread pudding yeah. is, has become very trendy again yeah. i think Thing. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's, chefs can make it. It's not a pastry chef dessert, sure. right? It's yeah. it's old bread with caramel sauce on it, and yeah. really, that's that's the important part of bread pudding. Yeah, exactly. Um, Julie says those glazed fruit tarts that are all in the grocery store bakeries at certain times of the year. It's difficult to ruin fruit pudding, pudding custard, and a tart crust, but somehow the combination of those three, along with the gelatinous glaze, just tastes and feels nasty to me. Yeah, those yeah. places are, are yeah. bad news, man. Yeah, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is a word that I can't ever pronounce, or I never know. So, All right, well, pronounce it, and then we'll correct you. <laughs> okay, anything with raspberry coulis? Yeah. 
No, it's, hey. it's, it's cool lot. Sorry, it's a skirt. <laughs> oh, those are very cool back in the day. Grass- Culottes are, are shorts, shorts, though. Yes. Right, sorry. Are, are skirt length shorts. <laughs> and my mother dressed me in them when I was 10 years old, and I'm not scarred at all. <laughs> no, totally normal with that. Uh, raspberries are terrible and destroy everything they touch. <laughs> okay, Laura. Now that is a take, Laura. Yes. I will I pers- say I am not super into raspberry flavored yeah. things because I, I don't know. It's like cinnamon flavored things uh, taste like those imperial red hot candies. Like cinnamon flavor is not the same as cinnamon the spice. And right. I think um, raspberry flavor is is not how actual raspberries taste. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Um, Shana says tiramisu, which just always reminds me of Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> It's so early 90s. He's like, what's tiramisu? Don't worry. You're going to love it. It was big in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was. was. Um, Alicia says, anything with lavender or rose water. The disappointment is real when today's special creme brulee flavor is soap. (laughs) (laughs) One of the pitfalls of the Great British Bake Off is that those Brits love their flower flavors. So they will put the rose water or the lavender in, and I'm sitting there watching going, no, (laughs) why? (laughs) Uh, Here's your tulip macaroon. (laughs) Uh, Chelsea says, I read this as, what popular desert do you despise? (laughs) Ha ha, God, Death Valley with all those hipsters. (laughs) Oh, that made me laugh. Uh, but it is it, really how I learned how to spell dessert when I was a wee bit wee child was, don't you want two of them? And it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> is this the part where we talk about how Antarctica is actually a desert? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, Missy says, anything with coconut, it ruins everything. Well, I hear you, Missy. I yeah. see you. I respect you. I don't agree, but... Respect. Respect. Uh, Michael says, anything with pineapple. Okay, Dad. Okay, now this one I can't get behind, Michael. I don't don't understand what is not to like about pineapple. It's fantastic. Now, you know how I was saying that Bridget isn't, um, she's opinionated but not picky. My dad is like a picky eater. And I don't mean, like, he just, there's things that he just will not eat. He doesn't like guacamole. He doesn't really like lettuce. Uh, and clearly pineapples, which is not something that I knew about, but he also loves fruitcake, like loves fruitcake. He was, my grandmother would order us, Collins Street Bakery is a sort of famous bakery for, they make sure. fruitcakes, and Corsicana, Texas, and my grandmother Wasn't that would, the one that had the immense, like, fraud? Yes, or I think so. The bookkeeper so. was, yes. yeah, yeah, embezzling? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but my dad would get their fruitcake, and he was the only person in our house that would eat it. I was like, no, I'm good, Dad. You can go crazy. So, I, you know, his taste. Yeah, I mean, I like a cake with fruit in it, but yeah. a fruitcake is Ooh, something else like entirely. A brick. It's so yeah. gross. Uh, Jonathan says, is s'mores pie a thing? Because, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I love that he's not even sure if it's a thing, that he already, like, doesn't want it. But I make a s'mores thing, Jonathan. It's a dark chocolate cream oh, pie oh, oh, Anna, with so a marshmallow good. meringue on top and a graham cracker crust. Oh, it's awesome. That sounds so good, especially with the dark chocolate, because it's so sweet that you need a little bit less sweetiness mm-hmm. on the chocolate. The Jonathan is now spelled with an O instead of a zero. Is he no longer a hacker? <laughs> <laughs> I corrected it. I just I need to know a little bit more about what Jonathan is thinking about when he says s'mores pie. Because if we're talking about like uh, lining a tray with graham crackers and putting some marshmallows and melting some chocolate and putting another graham cracker on there and baking it for three minutes or whatever, then then I understand where Jonathan's coming from. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a great British Bake Off s'more. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, with that, thank you very much. I knew everybody would have opinions on dessert, and boy, did they. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, should we go to part two of Turkey Talk? Turkey Talk, part two. <laughs> I'm coming into this with a lot of faith in us that we are going to find enough to make a segment out of in this. <laughs> because last week we talked about 
turkey as in the bird uh, and all the accompanying things. And this week we're talking about <laughs> turkey as in flipping the bird. <laughs> Any other non-literal uses of turkey in there, like I was telling you guys in Jambo, one of my favorite things uh, about my dad is when he would insult somebody, he'd be like, those turkeys, <laughs> in, with this derision in his voice. <laughs> that was like calling someone a turkey was just the lowest of the you low. You motherfucker. <laughs> exactly, except my dad would never say motherfucker, <laughs> and so he would call people turkeys. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And uh, never, of course, to their face. No. Always when he was, you know, yeah, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um... Yeah, so, no. Yeah, what turkey things are in our vernacular, I guess. Well, I think Bobby came up with the one you, you thought bowling, right? That was the yeah. yeah, right. You have three strikes as a turkey, right? Is that that's It's that's weird that. because I have never done. You've never bowled? I uh, know, I've never gotten a <laughs> oh, I was like and what? Um, uh, actually, I uh, you we say this, but so my dear aunt Rose who was out here last week I'm visiting we were having a conversation about bowling because my mother-in-law is on a bowling team now uh, in Boston. But wait, wait, wait. I need to I, clarify this. What kind so this of bowling? Is, this is where this is going. So we were talking about this, and she's doing it for the social aspects mostly, right? Because, you know. Ugh, uh, extroverts. Well, no, but the thing is, she's she's not really, but, you know, she's just trying to get herself out there a little bit to, to make some friends. She's not going to start a podcast about another <laughs> podcast, so she has to find another way to find friends. And so the moms of some of Sam's other friends from high school are on this bowling team together, and so she, she joined in. And just because of the word bowling being the word bowling, it never occurred to us to think about it. For two years, I've been thinking that, that Marianne was bowling like a normal person bowls. But no, of course not, because in New oh. England, the ubiquitous bowling is candle pin oh, bowling. Yes. Candle pin bowling. This is this, so. the same thing happened to me. Dave's parents joined a bowling league. Um, I don't know, ten years or so ago, and I was like, "Wow, I cannot imagine Betsy Butler bowling like that." Is just I can't like put that in my head. Really, that just just doesn't make sense. And then Dave was like, "Oh no, I mean, of course it's candle pin bowling." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Why would you think I would assume it was candle pin bowling? I thought she was going down to the bowling, like PBA bowling." bowling. bowling. Yeah. yeah. Now I know we've talked about this before, but it's been a long time. As a as a uh, non East Coaster, would you refresh my memory, please, Bobby? Uh, the difference between um, yes, please. what I've been calling around the house to piss Sam off recently, normal people bowling versus candlepin <laughs> bowling. Yes. So but part of what you have to recognize with this is that um, for Sam, candlepin bowling is bowling. The way I think of buffalo wings is just wings. Right. And to her, uh, regular bowling is uh, is weird. It's foreign. Like She didn't see that really at all growing up until she moved away. Uh, in fact, this is much like how the disc golf people call regular golf ball golf. Excuse me? <laughs> they do. Because it's not disc golf. So for her, like bowling with a ball that's heavier and larger and has finger holes and you, you know, it, and it puts a lot more weight on your wrist versus versus canopin bowling, which is the ball is smaller. It's like a large bocce ball, a little bigger than a large bocce ball. I believe. In fact, I was just looking this up. So it's a four and a half inch diameter ball, I think. So, yeah, kind of a big bocce ball. I got a ruler right here. And uh, and you palm it. Oh. And you and you roll it down the lane to knock down pins that are not uh, fat and then skinny with a head like normal bowling pins. But they're sort of straight up and down. They're a little tapered. But they're they're candle pin bowling because they look like candlesticks, and you get three rolls instead of two. Um, and and the the large bocce balls are there different weights or it's just one standard ball? I haven't figured this out because I've only candle pin bowled a couple of times, and uh, let's just say when you're going to the bowling alley and you're, you know, you're using rental. Actually, the one place I went, you didn't even have to wear shoes because it was all wooden, like uh, old timey. With no mechanical parts, there were just pin monkeys in the back resetting things mm. and rolling your balls back down to you. Um, those are humans, not actual monkeys. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, 
I, I believe there are probably different weights when you get to a high level, but maybe not. I'm not sure. But Is there you know, a professional my, league of candle pen bowling? Probably. I mean, come on. There's professional cornhole. There's professional pickleball. True. Of course, there probably True. is. Um, one of my brothers-in-law got Marianne uh, the whole kit last year. So she's got her balls and her shoes and like all the ex- the uh, accessories. You know, it's it was the year when everyone was like, oh, she's bowling now. We can buy her the bowling stuff. She got all the bowling stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's a whole different world where to them, regular bowling is foreign and weird. I, that's how Dave was to me. Like he acted like I was the weird one. I'm like, I'm sorry. Get out of here. This You're weird. Yep. You yeah, are well, weird. It's like when people find out that Hellman's is, uh, is called what on the other side of the mountains? Best or? Yeah. Best or, foods or something. Yeah. Honestly, Dukes is the best. Oh, so <laughs> well, I have news. If Marianne keeps practicing, maybe she can join the International Candle Pin Bowling Association, ICBA, and enter their tournaments. Ooh. Well, I, I'll, I'm going to say this, and I don't think anyone who will hear this knows Marianne or Sam, really. So don't blow me in on this, Sam. But it's going to be a few steps before she gets there because her big step this year was they let her actually have a score on the team score this year. Last year was her first year and she was so bad that they just had her keep score on the side. Oh, she she was like, she started like on probation. Update, update. Oh, Uh, uh, there is a seniors professional candlepin bowling association. (laughs) Uh, www.maincandlepinbowling.com location in Maine, United States. That make that squares. <laughs> Maybe so, you'll see Stephen King. We were trying to find. Uh, we were trying to find a place to go candlepin candlepin bowling near Albany, and it really is quite stark. So everywhere in Albany, except for like one Apex Entertainment, which is basically like a Dave and Buster's. Um, which has bowling and a bunch of other things. They have candle pin, but it's a novelty. Everybody else has regular bowling. But if you go east, you cross through eastern Massachusetts. And once you hit central mass, it's all candle pin, no big ball. Oh, these it's just candle like, pins are, they look like giant Tic Tacs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Where were we? Turkey. Yeah, turkey. Three <laughs> well, strikes. It's <laughs> a turkey. Bowling. I was thinking about Turkey the country because when I was a kid, I used to think it was so funny that there was a country called Turkey. Yeah, it's right but, next to mashed potatoes, am I right? <laughs> I don't know why. I was just thinking that I, I think I never travel like places, you know, that we loved going or want to go turkey really was one of those places that i it is so cool and much like hungry i think you know their government's not great um Mm-mm. right now but um i also so- i also always thought that hungry and turkey could probably help one another out if you know what i mean <laughs> i did when i was a kid i really used to think it was funny because you're stupid as a kid but um Hey, it some is, people still are as adults. Yes, they are. But Istanbul <laughs> is a very, very cool city. And really one of the things I remember the most about my European travels is going to the cistern. It's so cool. It just is this, I don't know, it's neat and it's it's underground. And I think there was a James Bond scene that took place there. And I just remember thinking it was one of the, it was just a really, really cool tourist thing because sometimes you go to tourist stuff you're like "Eh, i mean that was neat but like whatever i don't really remember it and as a i guess i was 20 when i went and it's still stuck in my ring and and again istanbul is a beautiful city and it's westernized enough for us americans to feel like comfortable there but it's but it's totally different and i love mosaic i think it's so beautiful to look at and i just think it's really a cool art and it's all over the place in turkey so i i once again ride for turkey the country (laughs) and i like the food because i love greek food now turkish food is like basically greek food except a little bit more formal i like i prefer greek food just because i like the i don't know picnicky style of it but um but turkish food is just as delicious i mean it's all you know Mediterranean, Middle Eastern kind of influence, and it's definitely my palate. Now, you said 
the, at the cistern in Turkey, it was like they filmed a James Bond scene there. And I would think that would be more of a red flag for me. <laughs> um, that if, if a James Bond scene <laughs> was filmed there, then that brings to mind terrorists and guns and explosions. <laughs> and I'd be like, do you really want to go there? I mean, obviously, it's a movie. Yes. But it's like a, a location where there could be bad guys. <laughs> well, I think, you know, yes, that is sort of right. It's because it's like dark and moody down there, I think. And that's definitely why I... I haven't seen a ton of James Bond, but why I always kind of like James Bond movies is because they have such cool settings. They spend so much Mm -hmm. money on the settings and who gives a shit about like pussy galore or whatever, which is wild that there was a character named pussy galore. Like that is insane. That is insane that that actually happened. But regardless, um, (laughs) yes, I'm reading now from Russia with love was filmed there. Um, And anyway, I don't know. It was just really cool. It's very, it's just dark and cool and really well maintained. And I, oh, apparently the cistern with its inverted Medusa pillar, which is awesome, was featured in the 2013 Dan Brown novel Inferno, as well as his 2016 film adaptation. Can you believe they made so many of those movies? Like did anybody, I guess people saw them, but I saw the first one. They, they must have. I don't, I think I probably saw the Da Vinci Code. I know I read the Da Vinci Code. Like, it was certainly an easy read. Yes, it was. Sometimes Um, there are things you need to watch when you can't watch Nick Cage steal the Declaration of Independence anymore. (laughs) And that is why I think I have seen all of those movies on cable TV in the background while other people had them on in the house. That is a very valid point. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good... In fact, I would not wait for my Nicolas Cage uh, features to be tapped out before I dove into Dan Brown material. Yeah. Well, you get Tom Hanks. He's just so damn charming. Yeah, but that know, wig or true. that hair, I don't know what's going on there. That's that's not my preferred Hanks. No. Uh, John Oliver, I think, has a whole thing about why the Da Vinci Code and all of that is just ridiculous nonsense. And I think he starts with the concept of a professor of symbology <laughs> who goes from there. <laughs> Uh, I'm adding to the in reserve list, by the way, Hank's ranks, where we just take an episode to rank our. <laughs> all, all, I don't, not just our favorites. I think we have to rank every Tom Hanks movie from best to worst. But there I haven't are, seen them all. There are so many, too. Okay. There are so many. That's Hanks okay. has really been a part of our lives for a long yeah. time. All right, Hank's ranks, we're doing it. We've already talked about two Hanks movies um, in this episode Sleepless in Seattle. And now the Da Vinci Code. Bobby, yeah. could you please put a little note next to Hank's rant no. so that when we come back to it in four no. months, we'll know what we're... Okay. No. That's part of the fun. And that's not how you play this game. <laughs> if it's a good enough idea, we'll remember it. And if it's not, it'll be great next time we do a round. You're like, the lady killers, go. <laughs> Uh, the terminal. I know, I actually have never seen the terminal. Oh, that Ooh, I have died. seen the terminal. I yeah, know. So sad. Hank, yeah. Hanks was sad about it on his Instagram. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be? I know. Right. Um, um, let's, let's not. Let's not get sad. Let's talk about. I, well, I actually, uh, I have to update, update, update. Oh, okay. So there is a third kind of bowling. Oh God. Just, and it, and it fits into our poultry theme because the third kind is duck pin bowling. <gasps> Oh, the pins are short and squat, but do bow out like big pins, but they're shorter. Like somebody squashed them? Kind of. From the top down? Yeah, and they're they're a little narrower, but not as narrow as a candle pin. And the ball is slightly larger than a candle pin ball, but you still palm it and you still get three. Oh, those are short and fat. Oh, and here's yeah. a nice uh, diagram of all three of the bowling setups next to each other. Yes, they oh they're little they're very little compared to quote unquote regular bowling right and the ten pin as they call it <laughs> even though they're all played with ten pins I know R- regular regular and according to the national, we refer to them according to the national duck pin bowling congress <laughs> regulation <laughs> duck pin is played in nine states <laughs> and it's it's southern New England and oh. then very much the Mid Atlantic and then Why randomly are there so many Indiana. Varieties? Like, what were the pilgrims doing? What were the colonists doing? <laughs> I tell you what, these little duck pin balls are cute. They look like little galaxy patterned and fun colors. And yeah, I would go duck pin bowling. 
Well, you're going to have to go to the Mid-Atlantic or Southern New England or (laughs) Indiana. Wow, that is very specific. That's like when you take those, like, where are you from, like, quizzes from the New York Times or whatever. Like, see if we can tell. And it's always like, you could either be from New England or, yeah, like one county in Nebraska. Well, we call it fizzy cola. I wonder if there are still lane bumpers in duck pen bowling. <laughs> uh, okay, wait. I want to talk about my favorite part of this and how it sort of started a little bit. Obscene gestures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me some of the words. Are you guys, are you bird flippers? Uh, yeah. Because I was thinking about this. I don't know why, but I'm just not. I don't know that I've ever given anybody the finger in earnest and i certainly don't think i've ever done the i don't know was it at the up yours that's the whole arm uh, movement my dad when he would stretch sometimes he would do that we're like stop doing that dad <laughs> like he would be stretching <laughs> stop that's, i i don't know if i think my brain just doesn't work that way that i don't like go to the gestures when i'm upset i i will eviscerate you with my tongue <laughs> but i'm probably you know not going to give you a two finger salute or anything. It just doesn't occur to me. Well, there is a picture of me giving Bobby the one finger salute. That's true. I've seen it. <laughs> it's a classic. Uh, it is a classic. Um, I give people the bird. Well, I do it jokingly, but I do it while driving a fair amount, though I need to be better about doing that because one, I do it in front of my children, which is not advised. And they're like, mommy. And two, I live in Texas and I might get shot, so I need to stop doing it. But True. when some, I won't do it with like a big jacked up truck because I'm like, the chances that they have a gun in their car are like pretty high. I will do it to a Tesla and maybe a BMW because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't think they probably have. won't have a gun. <laughs> no. Bobby, do you give the bird? I try not to. Um, you know in traffic that's the time right because it's 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 universal sign language yeah right so it's really easy but no i prefer to actually verbally just tell people to go fuck themselves (laughs) like genuinely genuinely like if i ever can yell it's like i'm gonna yell at someone before i'm gonna just use my finger i don't know i have um the, the gesture i remember when i was a kid is at one point the kids in my neighborhood thought it was cool to do the the fingers under the chin thing Oh, yeah. Which I don't actually know exactly what that means, but it's some sort of fuck you, right? Like Italian fuck you sort of? Yeah. 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 Is that where you like, how do you describe, like wave the fingers from the chin kind of? Yeah, I'm doing it now, but you can't see. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I know we're all on the podcast. (laughs) And then um, uh, going with that, there were a couple of people in my childhood, adults in my childhood who used the word mingya. What? As a curse word. Yeah. Spell that? Uh, uh, I I want to say, I don't know if I've ever written it out, uh, but M-I-N-G-Y-A, which is Italian for the, the groin. So you're, you know, so balls, basically. <laughs> uh, oh, from on Facebook, the Boston dad. It, what does the word mingya really mean? No, I'm not going to Facebook. I don't have that. Oh, Urban Dictionary. Italian slang can be used for just about anything, but the literal meaning refers to men's balls. Substitute yeah. for holy shit, damn, come on, as well as many yeah, others. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, just uh, one of those, uh, you know, exclamatory, fuck. You know? Oh, 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 yeah, here's another one. Upstate New York slang comes from the Sicilian slash Italian word for the groin, used to emphasize excitement or displeasure. You know, I never knew it was an upstate New York localized thing. See, that's just, um, that's our kind of bowling. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't Um, realize that it was so localized. I just assumed that I had one, like, person with some Italian or Sicilian uh, whatever in their background. No, no, no. Um, Continuing on, in Urban Dictionary, Bobby, there's an entry for the Mingya Valley, a section in Massachusetts that's the home of the Craftador and the draft pick swindling Pangador, fantasy sports, cemetery work, and a love for the Red Sox and Boston Bruins are prevalent <laughs> in this area. 
Yeah, and that was entered into the Urban Dictionary by an author named Mingya Panji has no draft picks, bud. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh... Oh, I see somebody else. Oh, the same guy added it again. Uh, okay. A Mingya Valley masshole, which would be a resident of the Mingya Valley. Do we need... Of course. Do... Are we going to need to put an explicit tag on this episode? <laughs> we never usually Possibly. do. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, uh, the thing under the chin... And then, of course, as a as an English major, the uh, the uh, I bite my thumb at you, of course, would be the other physical gesture. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes, yeah, that the was like the, I was going to say Shakespearean rem- fuck you is learning the bite about my that. Thumb at you. Of course, yeah. the Romeo and Juliet remake really brought that back, didn't it? I, saw, I don't remember. You mean you mean William Romeo, Shakespeare's Romeo, Romeo plus, plus Juliet? Juliet. <laughs> and I'm like, well, who the fuck else's Romeo and Juliet would it be? Uh, Come on, that's a banger of a soundtrack. But I was I saw um, some tweet the other day, and it was like a picture of what is her Olivia? I can't remember her name, but the one woman that was in the uh, Zeparelli yeah. Romeo and Juliet, and it was like every ninth grader stoked because they get to see Juliet's boobs in like <laughs> English class. Yep. Oh, it's very exciting. <sighs> I know. I'm trying to think of what other. Now I'm really just a bird person. I used to say, and I wonder if I. I used to say I want to flick somebody off. I, I think that's what I thought it was called. Instead of flip somebody off. I think there's a debate about that. Flicking somebody versus flipping Flipping. somebody. I say flip now. And now I can do it without holding my fingers down. Like I can do it. I was very proud the day I figured out that. You know, because I used to put my thumb over the rest of my fingers to hold them down. But now my fingers are strong enough. I can hold them down. (laughs) Yeah, I flip people off a lot. Enough that my kids have seen it several times. Oh... They gotta learn. That's yeah, exactly. Learn. <laughs> they gotta learn how to be passive aggressive. To wait until the car passes you and then flip them off once they pass you. <sighs> I, yeah, I think that this is a, a question that people ask because when I Google it, people do ask: Is it flick the bird or flip? It is. It is flip. It's but, flip. It's flip. Yeah. But I think maybe as kids, you hear it as. Flick, and it kind of seems like it makes sense because you're kind yeah. of flicking your finger. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a motion to it. Yeah, you know. Uh, Sam and I flick each other off, flip each other off more than like like I'm mad at her playfully. Like, hey, fuck you, you know. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Like I'll happily flip people off, like as a joke. Obviously, well, I, mean, I mean that time you flipped me off and I took a picture of it. That was very serious. But yes, I was actually pissed at you, so I was flipping you off. <laughs> huh. uh, any other turkeys? Um, I don't think so. I feel like if this was the first episode we were recording today, we might have more steam. <laughs> yeah. But I've already talked to you guys for like two and a half hours. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we need to round it out, I mean, I guess we could bring in that that Magnum PI reboot talk. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's about to do turkeys, turkey talk. Oh, 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 yes. I have one more thing. I'm sure I could just look this up and I haven't done it, but... Quitting something cold turkey never made oh, sense yeah. to me. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that is weird. I'm sure if I Google, I just Googled cold turkey, and apparently cold turkey is the toughest website blocker on the internet. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wonder so, what the etymology is for that. Yeah, if you go the Wikipedia for it, um, immediately mentions that the abrupt withdrawal of some drugs can be extremely dangerous. Well, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Mike from when he did that oh, and yeah. should not have done it that way. No. Uh, looking for maybe if I search gold turkey uh, idiom. Anyone who knows the answer to this is just so mad right now. The expression first appeared in the Daily Colonist in British Columbia ugh, in 1921. Uh, quote, perhaps the most pitiful figures who have appeared before Dr. Carlton Simon are those who voluntarily surrender themselves. When they go before him, they are given what is called the cold turkey treatment. But why? Hmm. Yeah. Why? Also, we eat cold turkey. Like, it's cold turkey is meant to be brutal and abrupt, right? But, but we eat cold turkey all the time. Like, 
a turkey yeah. sandwich nine times out of ten is going to be a cold turkey sandwich. Like you're not yeah. getting a hot turkey sub or something. You're getting like a turkey and Swiss on rye or something. Yeah. Like I I eat a lot of turkey and I, it's almost always cold. You know what's really gross when you are pregnant? One of the things that they tell you not to eat is deli meat. And in order to like get a wrap, you want a turkey sandwich. You have to heat up like you have to microwave the um, the deli meat, and that's fucking disgusting. It's so gross. I mean, I like like a I like a panini, you know, that's been pressed or whatever. That's yeah. good, but like a microwave piece of like Oscar Mayer turkey. Ugh. Probably not. So we have some earlier than that references. We have a 1910 usage in the Historical Dictionary of American Slang. But okay, it it, oh, it may be that the original cold turkey was a combination of cold as straightforward or matter of fact and the earlier talk turkey, which dates back to the early 1800s. Interesting. Interesting. So the answer is nobody knows. Yeah. Apparently, it predates usages that have to do with drug withdrawal. Right. Well, because back then, everybody was just taking whatever drugs they wanted. Yeah, they're like, whatever. And we hadn't synthesized some of the worst ones yet. Yeah, so it's it's there's no connection between, like, feeling cold and clammy during withdrawal, as some people have theorized. It's something more than that, but we just don't know. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, cold cold turkey. That was the one that... If anyone has any answers about that, it's not the question of the week. Just tell us. We just need to know. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you have you guys ever quit anything cold turkey? <laughs> diet cocaine. <laughs> I cold turkey diet coke my senior year in college, and I refer to it as the lost weekend <laughs> <laughs> because I had such horrifying withdrawal symptoms, the like pounding headache, oh. and I was so tired, and so I just slept all weekend, and every once in a while I would get up and have food and then go back to bed. Which is why, when I quit caffeine now, I taper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. Uh, when I was pregnant, <laughs> uh, I obviously quit smoking, and that was hard, though... It was the easiest time to do it because I think I like yeah. had a cigarette once, like when I was very early pregnant. Like I can just do, uh, like I need to taper, like I need to do that. And then I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who's pregnant and smoking. That's disgusting. So I just quit, and it was like, it wasn't great, but then it was fine. And it's a good, it's like a good, good concrete yes, reason to yes, actually do it yeah. rather than I would like to stop. It's yes. I need to stop because yeah. there right. are these potential ramifications. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I, I mean, Hillary, you, you sacrifice for others, right? So that's once somebody yes. else is on the line or <laughs> yeah, then a, fine. A, future, a future somebody else, depending on how you want to frame that for the yes. sake of legal debates that are still burning in many yes. states. Um, for the yeah, child that so. I knew I wanted to have, I... <clears throat> I did right. with that. Right. Mm, there you go. Fine. So it's fine. Uh, I don't think I have a great answer for mine. I mean, yeah, intermittent caffeine cuts, but yeah. they never that is, That's tough, though. It is tough. No, I, my, my caffeine withdrawals never lasted either. And I could do it for a long time, but that lure. I know. Yeah, I had a I'm cup of coffee you. when we were starting episode one of this little double double feature that we're recording tonight. So good luck You're with so that. so young. <laughs> Uh, I've tried to cut back doing that this late in the evening, but I had just rolled in after not being home for, you know, yeah. 24 hours. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wanted to give you my mm-hmm. A game, including that noise. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that was, I think it was cold turkey, turkey talk, jive turkey gobbler. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, we're question of the week is still, what is your preferred turkey preparation <laughs> method? Maybe we can come up with something else. Yeah, since, right? Well, since no one has had a chance to answer yet, I guess my, mine would be, what is your favorite non-Thanksgiving turkey application? So is it like a turkey sub or a turkey a la king or I don't know, oh. turkey soup? Or maybe that's my, like, what's your favorite Thanksgiving leftover? Yeah, my mom yeah. makes a wild rice turkey casserole. Wild Ooh. rice being a big thing in Minnesota because of the Native American connection to it in the area but uh, the wild rice turkey casserole is very good it sounds good i'm hungry it is good i'm hungry too let's finish this up okay we're gonna go to tishi recommends 
I have another recommendation. Because I listened to You're Wrong About and Maintenance Phase, I am fed things that are done by one or both of those hosts. There's a new podcast called If Books Could Kill um, by Michael Hobbs. And what is the guy's name? There's another guy on it who's like a, I think he does a Supreme Court podcast. His name is, sorry, Peter Shimshiri. Um, and it's uh, the airport bestsellers that captured our hearts and ruined our minds. Um, oh. So it's so the first one that I listened to was about Freakonomics, and it's and I definitely read that book. It's a lot about pop science. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. never necessarily going to be about like. Well, that's what made it sell, though. Like a, yes, a real science book would never sell. But, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it then has to be digestible. Yes, and then the next one was Outliers. Um, and it, God, Outliers was a really important book to me when I read it. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I really didn't interrogate anything of no. that. I just sort of took it at face value, which I've Seems kind of... like been... Malcolm Gladwell is turning out to be... Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of a douchebag. Yeah. I was just about to mention my copy of Tipping Point. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then this... Now, one... I, oh, God. I'm sorry. I got so excited when you said airport newsstand books or whatever because i thought we were going to be talking about like david baldacci books we'll, we'll see because there's, there's only been three so far so this it's been freakonomics outliers and then the last one last one was david brooks's bobos in paradise and i do love a good old david brooks takedown so it was pretty satisfying to hear so we'll see what happens but i've enjoyed it so much it's 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 tended towards the nonfiction. um but you know we'll see if they're going to go down the route of yeah david baldacci or James or, Patterson, or Dan Brown. Yeah, Dan Brown is definitely. Yeah, Dan Brown's a Patterson. solid choice. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Dan Brown's the kind of book that you buy at the beginning of the vacation and then leave in the seat back pocket on your way home. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean the chapters are all three pages long. So. Yeah. God, they really are. I remember listening because I listened to the book on tape of the Da Vinci Code, and it was like, you know, chapter forty-five. <laughs> Yeah, she Chapter ran. 63. <laughs> <laughs> I I will always remember um, reading the Da Vinci Code. It's one of those uh, things that fixes itself to a memory. Is that I was reading it. I was working in retail, and it was the first year that the owners decided to take me with them to Atlanta in Ooh. January to the Americas Mart, Ooh. which is the gigantic wholesale gift show. So that's where all the retailers go to find and buy order products. And they wanted to start taking a third person with them, you know, so to that carry it would just the be stuff. Well, so that it wouldn't be husband and wife fighting the um, whole time. So that's that they a healthy could have relationship like a, for bringing in employees. I, I know. Well, um, they're both opinionated people. But talking about, was it this episode or episode number one where we talked about sweets? I think it was episode one, the name sweet on a hotel being a red flag. But oh, we yes. At the embassy, <laughs> yes. We stayed at the embassy suites. Which and is a were nicer two, suite, usually. Yes, which is an actual suite. But he was the, the – the, Dave – his name is Dave. It was too cheap to get me my own bedroom, so I had to sleep oh. on the pullout. Oh, that's in the shitty. suite part yep. of their hotel suite, and they slept in the bedroom. And then when I had to use the bathroom at night, oh my the God. bathroom was actually inside their bedroom. Oh, it was bedroom. like you opened the door oh, no. to the bedroom, and then you went in the bathroom. And so that was weird when I was like twenty-seven years old, uh, yeah, sharing a hotel room with my married boss couple. And then sitting in the sweet living room in the morning, and he came out in his boxer shorts. And I was like, okay, we have a close relationship, but I don't know if it's this close. And I will forever connect that to the Da Vinci Code in my mind. I actually, his boxers. I actually have a very similar story to that with a family that I worked for. And that all happened except they were tidy whities. <laughs> oh, no! And it was their house. Um, oh. Yeah. So on that note, I, I'm going to stop talking about this because I got to go read this <laughs> Michael Connolly book. <laughs> uh, I could I could I, go for a good Michael. Connelly I do book like a good Michael Connolly. Harlan Coben. Yes, please. <laughs> Nelson who's DeMille. Now, who's the one who wrote um, Sahara that they made that terrible oh, Matthew yeah. McConaughey? Kate. Um, dad's dad's love that author Sahara 
Clive Cussler book. Clive Cussler, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Dad's everywhere and screaming at me. Clive Cussler. Uh, Missy's favorite. Missy was a big Dean Koontz fan. She loved Dean oh, Koontz. Of course. <laughs> um, guys, this topic has legs. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, but that'll have to be on episode three of our <laughs> series. Uh, and until then, please get involved with the show. This show has everything.com or visit our Facebook group to uh, answer the question of the week or post anything else or have any other discussions that you would like to have. Uh, show Twitter, fuck Elon Musk, we're out, mic drop. Seems like a good decision on our part. Yes. Anybody that spends the $8 to get the blue check mark. Oh, my God. Wait, Bobby, is Luke doing it? Is Luke Uh, spending the $8? No, I I think so far it's on a a principled stand. And also, I think they shut that down momentarily after it went completely off the rails, which was hilarious. There are some people got in early, paid their 8 bucks, and got their check mark. Actually, unrelated let me interrupt you for a moment weren't we recently having a discussion about the titanic sequel and we we're trying to figure out what it yes. was so yes. was that raise the titanic no okay because raise no. the titanic was a clive cussler book that got turned into a movie <laughs> in 1980s. I, I don't think so i just thought I it was a know. nice little end around on something we had discussed recently <laughs> maybe maybe it is i don't think so um Anyway. Uh, no, I need to keep reading here and then I'll okay, let you continue. Okay. But the film stars a bunch of people, it received mixed reviews, proved to be a box office bomb, grossing about seven million against an estimated four forty million dollar budget. Producer uh the producer later remarked, quote, it would have been cheaper to lower the Atlantic. Oh that's a solid okay. that's a solid burn. Okay. No, the the one that I was talking about was the one written, produced, directed, starred something by Dick Van Dyke's grandson. Oh, oh right, right. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Right. So if you don't see his name in there somewhere, God forbid, I get him. my Titanic sequels mixed up. Sorry, <laughs> I know. Please, please proceed. It's time to be done. So really, we need to keep the historical aspects of, <laughs> of these pure. Um, but a better way to get in touch with us than our mostly non-existent Twitter account is by emailing us at tshishow at gmail.com where you can also send us a voice memo. We love to hear your voices and facts, Bobby uh, diagrams of the obscene gestures you like to make when you're calling people turkeys at 617-354-8513. As always, AOL keyword Tishi is the happening place where all the kids on the internet are going. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And that was everything I'm pretty convinced about turkeys. You're beautiful, that's for sure. You'll never, ever fade. You're lovely, but it's not for sure I won't ever change And though my love is great And though my love is
took us two shots, but we got there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Two two hours and twenty nine minutes, but we've covered everything. Honestly, related. we've made single episodes longer than this. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Right. We did it. Yeah, it's... Stop! Oh my goodness.